Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There is a dream that many people have had for a while, and that is actually having Dr. Fauci have to admit that he's wrong. He's been wrong on the Wuhan lab theory, which he said was not true. He's been wrong on masking. He's been wrong on side effects with vaccines. He's been wrong on gain-of-function research. He's been wrong on the World Health Organization and the cover-up. This guy has been wrong more than a weatherman in a year. And that's hard to do. But there's an arrogance that has come with Dr. Fauci. A how dare you question me arrogance. A guy who backs communist China more than the people of the United States of America. This is a man that advocated for the lockdowns, advocated for you not seeing your family at Thanksgiving and Christmas, shutting down schools, and also going against the science on how many feet we need to be apart from one another. He also wrote his guidance based on politics of teachers' unions instead of what the actual science said about our kids being back in school. Now, I remind you of all this to then lay out this dream. There are many that have dreamed about the day that Dr. Fauci would have to admit he was wrong on something. We all thought that day was going to happen when he was sitting in front of Senator Rand Paul, where he was going to finally have to admit, hey, I've lied, right? I have made up things that aren't true. But he didn't do it. Now, Senator Rand Paul is saying maybe this guy's going to have a mugshot. Senator Rand Paul is officially now making a criminal referral to the Department of Justice for Anthony Fauci because he actually lied to Congress. That's right. Senator Paul has announced that he is referring Dr. Fauci, the director of the U.S. National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, and the chief medical advisor of the president to the Department of Justice for criminal investigation because Fauci has lied 
to Congress. Now, I'm going to play for you this exchange, and I'm not going to interrupt it, because I want you to hear what Senator Paul said to Fauci, and I want you to hear the arrogance of Senator, or excuse me, of Dr. Fauci in his response. Now, while you listen to this, I want you to also think about Fauci from a standpoint of can Fauci even do his job now in this country? I would argue no. He has become so polarizing at this point, refusing to admit when he's gotten things wrong and things that he should have just admitted they got it wrong because we didn't know a lot about COVID early on. But the American people don't trust Dr. Fauci. And if this is the guy that's supposed to be convincing people to go get vaccinated, then he's clearly the wrong man for the job. He is more polarizing than Donald Trump. And not only that, it's clear now he has lied to Congress. That is a felony. Take a listen to Senator Rand Paul trying to give him an out and the narcissistic response from Dr. Fauci, a man who's supposed to be looking out for all of our health but won't even be honest with us about the reality of gang of function research and the U.S. government funding it at the Wuhan lab. Dr. Fauci, as you are aware, it is a crime to lie to Congress. Section 1001 of the U.S. Criminal Code creates a felony and a five-year penalty for lying to Congress. On your last trip to our committee on May 11th, you stated that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And yet, gain-of-function research was done entirely in the Wuhan Institute by Dr. Xi and was funded by the NIH. I'd like to ask unanimous consent to insert into the record the Wuhan virology paper entitled Discovery of a Rich Gene Pool of Bat SARS-Related Coronaviruses. Please deliver a copy of the journal article to Dr. Fauci. In this paper, Dr. Xi credits the NIH and lists the actual number of the grant that she was given by the NIH. In this paper, she took two bat coronavirus genes, spike genes, and combine them with a SARS-related backbone to create new viruses that are not found in nature. These lab-created viruses were then shown to replicate in humans. These experiments combine genetic information from different coronaviruses that infect animals but not humans to create novel artificial viruses able to infect human cells. Viruses that in nature only infect animals were manipulated in the Wuhan lab to gain the function of infecting humans. This research fits the definition of the research that the NIH said was subject to the pause in 2014 to 2017, a pause in funding on gain of function. But the NIH failed to recognize this, defines it away, and it never came under any scrutiny. Dr. Richard E. Bright, a molecular biologist from Rutgers, described this research in Wuhan as, the Wuhan lab used NIH funding to construct novel chimeric SARS-related coronaviruses able to infect human cells and laboratory animals. This is high-risk research that creates new potential pandemic pathogens, potential pandemic pathogens that exist only in the lab, not in nature. This research matches, these are Dr. Ebright's words, this research matches, indeed epitomizes, the definition of -of gain-of-function research done entirely in Wuhan, for which there was supposed to be a federal pause. 
Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain of function. So what was, let me take, finish. You take an animal virus and you increase its yeah, transmissibility yeah. to humans, right. you're saying that's not gain of function? Yeah, that is correct. And, and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. Let's okay, you get NIH. one person. Let's read from the NIH definition of gain of function. This is your definition that you guys wrote. It says that scientific research that increases the transmissibility among mammals is gain of function. They took animal viruses that only occur in animals, and they increased their transmissibility to humans. How you can say that is not gain of function? It is not. It's a dance, and you're dancing around this because you're trying to obscure responsibility for four million people dying around the world okay. from a pandemic. And let's let Dr. Fauci. I have to. Well, now you're getting into something. If the point that you are making is that the the, the grant that was funded as a subaward from EcoHealth to Wuhan created SARS-CoV-2. That's where you are getting. Let me finish. We don't know. Well, we don't wait know a minute. It didn't I come from the lab, but you, all the evidence is pointing that it came from the lab, you, and there will be responsibility for those who funded the lab, including yourself. I totally This committee resent, will allow the witness to respond. I totally resent the lie that you are now propagating, Senator, because if you look at the viruses that were used in the experiments that were given in the annual reports that were published in the literature, it is molecularly impossible. No one's saying those it, viruses it is, caused it. It no is, is molecularly. Those viruses caused the pandemic. What we're alleging is that gain of function research was going on in that lab and NIH funded it. That you is can't not. Get away from it. It meets your definition and you are obfuscating the truth. I'm Senator not Paul, obfuscating the truth. Senator you Paul's are the one. Time is expired, but I will allow the witness to. Let me just finish. I want everyone to understand that if you look at those viruses, and that's judged by qualified virologists and evolutionary biologists. Those viruses are molecularly impossible no one's to result they are. No in SARS-CoV-2. the pandemic. Paul, we're saying they are gain-of-function viruses because they were they're animal not. viruses that became more transmissible in human, and you funded it. And you, you admit the truth. It's clear that Dr. Fauci lied to Congress. Now, not once, but twice he lied to Congress. And remember what that means. Lying to Congress, a felony, is punishable by up to five years in prison. And as Dr. Paul said, it is his belief that based on the evidence, this man lied to Congress and broke the law. Now, the question is, Will the DOJ act? I would argue if they don't, then you clearly know the swamp is in control of Washington. The Biden administration will protect their people, which include Dr. Fauci, at all costs. But this man clearly cannot lead this country any longer. Dr. Fauci, he's too polarizing. There's no way that people that are paranoid of Dr. Fauci are going to get the vaccine from a guy that lies this much. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You look at credibility, and you look at Dr. Fauci, and I'm going to connect this to another issue that we're having now with credibility, and that is with our education system. You, you look at Dr. Fauci, no one trusts this guy. He's not going to convince people that are paranoid about the vaccine to get the vaccine. The guy is a pathological liar, and he cannot be trusted. We need a new messenger. Well, we also have a credibility issue with this White House with them lying to us on another issue that you need to know about. The Biden administration has just been busted promoting a extreme racist radical group that is pushing critical race theories in our schools. That's right. The Biden administration's guidance for school reopening is promoting racist propaganda. A radical activist group's handbook has actually been put out there by the administration for all these schools that are about to reopen. And the handbook advocates for educators to, quote, disrupt whiteness and other forms of oppression. This is racism. This administration is actively taking the materials of a racist organization, a radical activist racist organization that hates people based on the color of their skin that happen to be white people and sending that out to all the schools in the country as part of their reopening handbook. 
Now, the Department of Education is trying to backtrack this. And don't believe the lie. I'm going to give you the facts about this. And if you're listening to this, please share this with your family and friends. Okay? This is in this podcast. Share it with your family and friends. If you if you hear this, tell them to download the podcast. The Department of Education, and this is a fact. They're trying to lie to you now, but this is a fact. Actually linked to the abolitionist teaching networks quote guide for racial justice and abolitionist social and emotional learning in its handbook intended to help schools reopen after COVID-19 pandemic nationwide. It also recommends how they should spend billions of dollars that they have collectively received in our public schools across the country through the American rescue plan to implement this radical racist activist ideas in this handbook this is a fact the abolitionist teachers network or teaching networks website also includes links to various materials and media that includes languages often associated directly with critical race theory now the group avoids using the exact phrase right because they've figured out that hey just don't say it and just do it same thing we caught penn state doing and if you want to hear what critical race theory sounds like being taught in our schools, go back to our podcast from just two days ago. We exposed what it sounds like. Now, even Penn State didn't call it critical race theory in their class, right? They called it a 100 intro class to cultural ideas. They're lying. They're just changing the name. Now, abolitionist teachers, quote, should build a school culture that engages, they say, in healing and advocacy, What does that mean? Sounds good, right? You would think, okay, everybody should be in favor of that. Well, this is the second part of their statement. This requires a commitment, they claim, to learning from students, families, and educators who disrupt whiteness. That's what the group states in their guide. Let me say that again. Abolition, this is the Department of Education is endorsing and sending out this radical racist propaganda saying do this when reopening the schools nationwide on their website abolitionist teachers should quote build a a school culture that engages in healing and advocacy now if you just said period i wouldn't have a problem with that it's a requirement and they say quote this requires a commitment from all teachers to learning from students families and educators who disrupt whiteness That is racism. Now, we have a montage of some of the comments that have been made online from the abolitionist teachers group. These are statements from these teachers, which the Department of Education sent out a radical racist organization's thoughts telling all of these teachers and all these schools use this material to reopen America's schools. Take a listen. Abolitionist Teaching Network seeks to end systems of injustice in our schools, spirit-murdering practices, and institutions not teaching to the genius of black and brown children. The network that is dedicated to not creating new schools or reimagining schools, but destroying schools that do nothing but harm black and brown children. If you don't realize white supremacy is in everything we do, then we got a problem. We hope to have our activists and residents all around the country, and they will go into schools or communities and do the work of dismantling. 
I've been teaching now for 19 years and I've been doing this work of completely disrupting systems in elementary schools and in school systems for those 19 years. And trying to help other white teachers trouble their internalized white supremacy and anti-blackness. We're coming out with a K-12 educators toolkit called Lessons in Liberation. We're gonna create a national database of anti-racist school counselors, therapists, and lawyers. We hope to have a national headquarters, um, a national training, teacher training program, a global activist and residency program. White folks, you all do your work and then you come to us when you have done your work and now we all are well together say loudly and clearly, reform is not enough. We cannot reform when the brokenness is in the foundation. Education cannot save us. We must save education. I want us to be feared. I want us to be feared? This is a radical, bigoted, racist, black power organization that wants to indoctrinate all of our kids to hate white kids, to hate white students, Go back to their own wording. The Abolitionist Teachers Network says on their website that to be a member of their group and to do what they say needs to be done, it requires a commitment to learning from students, families, and educators who disrupt whiteness and other forms of oppression. The group states it in its guide. So you can't lie to me and tell me, oh, well, this is just one person that was speaking that was somehow loosely associated with us, but they didn't speak for us. This is in their guide, a guide that was sent out to all American educators in the country to reopen the schools in America. Now, again, don't tell me that critical race theory isn't being taught. Don't tell me that they're not coming after white kids because of the color of their skin. This is racism. You heard all the things said by this organization and this Abolitionist Teachers Network board members and associates and activists and former and current educators who are doing nothing now but pushing race-related reform in public schools, teaching kids to hate other kids solely based on the color of their skin. Now, while the Abolitionist Teaching Network's mission statement is, quote, vague, you heard their rhetoric. It indicates that their aim is to overhaul the schools and prioritize racial awareness, specifically of black people. They want to tell people in the world that white people are evil, that America is evil, that this country is evil. And the materials referenced now that teach this are being sent out by the Department of Education. The group outlines how Teachers should guide students towards abolitionists, social and emotional learning. In addition, the federal government sent out material that says we must find educators who are committed to teaching and disrupting whiteness. The guide states that teachers should remove all punitive or disciplinary practices that spirit murder black, brown and indigenous children. The guide notes that social and emotional learning, quote, can be a covert form of policing used to punish, criminalize, and control black, brown, and indigenous children. Wow. It also states that these standards for such learning are not, or excuse me, are rooted in norms that should never be allowed in America. Don't empower, love, affirm, or or free those children. So if you're white, don't free them from their whiteness. 
don't empower or love their whiteness. What this is saying is if you're not black, brown, or an indigenous child, you should be ostracized and you should not be empowered in the classroom. If you're white, you should not be loved in the classroom. If you're white, you should not be affirmed in the classroom or do anything to free the white children. This is just not just racism. This is a sick form of child abuse that is being advocated by this organization in their own words. And the United States government, the Department of Education, is sending this material out telling teachers to ostracize, to attack, to uh, not free the white children from the pain and anguish that we must put on them. It is in their materials, and the media is not going to cover this. Please share this info with everybody you know and make sure that your kids know that if this happens to them, they need to tell mom and dad. Please share this information. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, joining me now to talk about a list of issues is U.S. Senator Bill Haggerty. Senator, I appreciate you coming on. Let's deal first with the shocking news that the Biden administration is actually spending taxpayers' dollars to flag information that they don't like on social media and then telling 
the social media uh, groups, i.e. Facebook, we want this to disappear. That is an invasion, not only, I would argue, my privacy, but also an invasion of free speech. Your reaction? Well, it's just a natural progression of the way this unholy alliance between the Biden administration and big tech has evolved. We saw it happen during the uh, campaign, and now we're seeing it manifest itself in ways that I don't think we could have imagined. It's just like it's coming straight from the Chinese Communist Party's playbook in the way they manage information with, with their population. We cannot let it happen here. You know I put together legislation that will, will deal with big tech and uh, you know our free speech rights. This is something I think we need to be focused on as a nation. Uh, we've got to, to understand and appreciate the fact that the Internet has really become the modern public square. And, you know, these big corporations like Google, Twitter, Facebook, um, you know, are not necessarily responsive to the people. And they are, you know, being swayed in, in a variety of directions. This has just made it even more painfully obvious, uh, you know, with the White House direct involvement here. And the fact that they're spending taxpayer dollars to do it, you know, utilizing our taxpayer-funded resources to do it, is just even more infuriating. And I hope that will add more fuel to the fire that I'm trying to push to pass my legislation to reform big tech, to do away with Section 230 and to put us in a much uh, in, a, in a much more fair fair position in terms of how we manage free speech here in America. You, you know, you look at some of the things that would have been uh, well, not would that were censored, right? As quote misinformation by Facebook. One of the biggest ones uh, glaring when it comes to COVID nineteen was anyone that posted anything about, including the whistleblowers in Wuhan that were whistleblowing about this coming out of the Wuhan lab of virology. That was labeled as misinformation. Uh, you can only imagine that the Biden administration, which is now even admitting this is probably fact that it came out of the Wuhan lab, not out of the wet market. That was communist propaganda put out by the WHO yep. on behalf of communist China. But but that would have been flagged. And one of the questions asked the White House was, hey, look, how do you undo it if you get it wrong? Right. You you're, you're now the arbiter of what we what is what is truth. Right. You're deciding what is fact and what is fiction when you get it wrong. How do you undo that? And Facebook proved that you can get it wrong and get it wrong on one of the biggest stories that involves the biggest pandemic in the history of my life. And you can't unravel that once you label it as incorrect. Ben, you're exactly right. And the consequences go even beyond what you're, you're saying. It's not just a matter of not being able to unravel it, but by virtue of the fact that they covered it up, by virtue of the fact that they did not allow any information out about the Wuhan laboratory, the fact that they you know, touted the wet market uh, theory, which seems to, to be less and less plausible every day, they allowed the Chinese Communist Party time to cover this. They allowed them time to destroy samples, to silence researchers, to do all of the things they needed to do so that we may never be able to go back and find the true origin. This is one of the, the big, difficult aspects of what you're talking about. When you see how Facebook even is fighting back, I, I said this on TV, on Fox, I believe now that Facebook is bigger and more influential than any government in the world. I'm not talking about like militarily. Okay. I want to make that clear. I'm saying, but in the idea, like it, it, when you talk about influence, even they have more influence than the United States government has. They have more influence than, than communist China has. They have more influence than Russia or any other nation in the world because of their platform. You, you notice that even Joe Biden got his hand slapped. And immediately came out a day later after saying that Facebook was responsible for people being killed and walked that back because it yeah. was very clear that big tech said, uh-uh, 
we, you don't screw with us, Mr. President. We silenced the last guy. We'll do it to you, too. We got you elected. Uh, you, you don't ever talk to us that way ever again. And clearly the White House said, yeah, you're right. We're sorry, Big Tech. We're going to fix this. And the president came out and fixed it. That, that to me, screams that this organization does have way too much power. How are we not breaking them up? Well, you, you, you look at uh, one of the things that gives them power to do this, and it is Section 230. We've talked about this before, and it really has become a license for them to censor. You know, the, the original legislation was put in place, you know, a quarter of a century ago, and it allowed, I think, it with, with, with good intent, the, abil- the ability to moderate content so that it would be family-friendly. But there was a, a particular, uh, there's a particular piece of wording there that they've driven a Mack truck through. That term is otherwise objectionable, what, the, what Facebook or Google or Twitter would deem to be otherwise objectionable. And what my legislation does is it takes that out. Uh, that, that's, the, that's, their, you know, that's, that's the shroud that they hide behind to do whatever that they want to do. If it's objectionable to them, uh, they don't have to publish uh, what the standards are. They just silence it. And I think that you know, what you're seeing, what you're, what you're explaining to, to the listeners here today, and I so appreciate your perspective on it. You're an expert in communications, is that this has grown to become such a powerful organization. It's not just Facebook, but Facebook is extraordinarily powerful and a great example here. They really are the modern public square. And that's why I think they need to be treated, you know, like a utility. They need to be forced, if you will, uh, to, to, to step into a role that they have actually grown into. And that is they have to be treated like a common carrier. And in that way, they have to provide, you know, undiscrimin- you know non-discriminatory access to the platform and let the American public decide uh, the, the truth of the matter. They need to make the criteria clear. They need to publish the criteria so we know exactly how they're going about the process of, of monitoring or filtering information on their sites. Uh, this is a reform that's, that's very much needed. I want to talk about move to another issue, and that is the economy. We are seeing inflation uh, skyrocket. The Biden team says they want to spend more money to combat inflation, which actually doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, if you've ever taken a basic 101 class in economics, this is the, the complete opposite of what you are taught. Uh, and, and I guess I think the American people are stupid enough to believe what they're selling right now. But I am very concerned about inflation. I'm also very concerned about uh, what's going to happen in the next five or six years with our national debt, with connect- connecting it to inflation. Interest rates at some point, most experts believe, are going to have to skyrocket to try to hold down inflation. How worried are you about this issue? Because this administration, they, they, I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not even spending like drunken sailors. They're, they're spending like total crack addicts now. Well, I'm extremely concerned, and I think the reason they don't want to talk about inflation is because they want to try to shove through more of the socialist agenda on us. I mean, they're talking about dumping another five or six trillion dollars when you really map it out another five or six trillion dollars into this economy right now. The economy is already overheating. And if you look at what they did back in March, one point nine trillion dollars, so-called COVID pandemic relief, and, you know, been less than 10% of it had anything to do with, with COVID or the pandemic. It's all about them pushing through 
a bunch of priorities that the American public doesn't want. That's why it has zero Republican support. This is not a bipartisan approach. They're talking about doing it again, and this is just a way to push the Green New Deal through. It's a way to raise taxes, death taxes, uh, taxes on job creators. It's a way to kill the fossil fuel industry, and it's a way to push American jobs offshore. What they're trying to do is get their socialist programs in place. They're going to crush the economy in the meantime. And look at what's happening to inflation as they dump all of this cash in. I mean, $1.9 trillion, that's roughly 10% of our GDP. That's what they passed in March. They're talking about 20 25% more of our GDP dumped in again this year with, with this new socialist spending plan. This is so reckless, I cannot begin to explain. But if you look at the numbers, just look at what happened from March to June in terms of the consumer price index. If you annualize the increase, I'm sorry, from May to June, just one month, if you annualize that increase, it annualizes to a 12% inflation rate. Now, Jay Powell, who is the chairman of the Federal Reserve, is talking about a 2% target. We've so far overshot that that we've got to do something now. And I think the first and foremost thing is to stop all of this reckless spending. We're also hearing, and, and let's go back to, to COVID, uh, the Delta variant. We are seeing the numbers that are skyrocketing. Of course, the White House is trying to blame anyone but themselves uh, for for people not getting the vaccine. Uh, I don't understand why this administration doesn't just shut up about the vaccine. I don't understand why Fauci doesn't shut up about the vaccine. We've seen in polls now, uh, a poll, a recent poll that just came out is another example of this. They People are tired of being browbeat into getting this vaccine. I would argue now that this administration and Fauci and others are actually doing more harm than good. And this poll found the majorities, uh, the majorities of unvaccinated Americans won't be persuaded by jabbing uh, advocates like celebrities, door-to-door door-knocking, which the government wants to do, and or politicians. Why is it that this administration is, is not looking at this data, clearly realizing that you're only, I think, pushing people into corner? Let the doctors be the one that do the messaging at this point. Why is the government still trying to force people into submission here? It's only making, I think, people now make a political decision about not getting vaccinated instead of making a medical decision. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's a personal decision that people have to make. They have to be comfortable. It's, it's interesting. I was asked earlier in a media interview today, uh, why hasn't President Trump done more? You know, couldn't President Trump be a voice to get uh, people to take the vaccine? Well, I told him, I said, no one worked harder than President Donald Trump to make Operation Warp Speed work. No one did more for creating the vaccine, not only for America, but for the rest of the world than Donald Trump. And who has been silenced now by big tech? Who is Clearly, the White House's partner, Donald Trump, you know, his ability to get his message out um, is, is hampered extremely by the topic we first started on. Uh, but if I think people look at who put more effort than anybody that I can think of in the world into creating this vaccine, it is our former president. And all this White House does, the Biden White House does, is take credit for Trump's work, never mentioning his name. And then they go on this uh, celebrity spree. I'm sure they're spending money on this, too. Uh, trying to get uh, these these crazy messages out, uh, you know, about if, if if some celebrity gets a jab, maybe you should. It's amazing if they would just, I, and I mean this because I want people to, you know, make a, a smart medical decision. But I know people that aren't going to get the vaccine because they're so sick and tired of Fauci and the White House demanding it. And now it's a principle of politics, not uh, making mm-hmm. the right decision based on medical 
a medical decision or a scientific decision, and if they would stop turning this into such a political football and realize they're not, not going to convince anybody at this point. I think that we're so polarized in this country based on the politics of COVID, and there's no trust. No one, I don't know anyone that trusts Dr. Fauci yeah. at this point, uh, which, which brings me to my last question. Senator Rand Paul, uh, one of your colleagues, uh, cornered Fauci yesterday. Fauci started screaming back at him, and Senator Rand Paul now says that he's making a criminal referral to the DOJ for Anthony Fauci because he clearly lied to, Cal- to Congress about gang of function research, about funding from the NIH, going directly to Wuhan, uh, and, and Dr. Fauci lied to Congress. Do you feel that Fauci lied to Congress first, and do you believe that it's time to make that criminal referral that Senator Paul has also said he's going to do? Well, I, I say this, Ben, I haven't seen the exchange between Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci, but I think Dr. Fauci has lost all credibility with the American public, just as you said. I think uh, your point about the, politiza- the politicization of, of vaccination is one that we need to continue to carry, and I, I will continue to carry that message, too. Let the medical community carry this message in a way that's credible. The problem is with Dr. Fauci, he's not credible at carrying this message. And if you look back at the you know the, the engagement that he's had uh, all around this. He's been on every side of the argument, uh, you know, denying and then admitting. And you know, suddenly it's possible that the virus could have come from Wuhan. We've seen evidence that he was funding the research and, and was deeply engaged in that. I, you know, again, I haven't seen the exact exchange between uh, between Senator Paul and Dr. Fauci, but uh, I'm very sympathetic to, to the way you describe it. Senator, I appreciate your time, as always, in coming on. I hope that you guys will continue to, to hyper-focus on big tech uh, and, and talking about bringing them under uh, some actual rules and guidelines so that they don't just keep getting to silence and shut down other viewpoints that they disagree with. I also I, I do believe there should be some sort of congressional investigation in this White House in how many people on how many lists have they been giving over to big tech since they've been in office saying, shut this person down. I, I, I mean, if that's what we're doing now, that's un-American, it's unconstitutional, it's an invasion of my privacy and free speech. I want to know how many lists and how many emails from this administration have gone directly to big tech saying, this person and this individual, we need this shut down. It, it is unconscionable what they're doing to silence the American people in this country. It's frightening. And again, it's, it's straight out of the Chinese Communist Party's playbook. We do not need to have this in America, yet this is exactly what the Biden administration Senator, I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. And as I said a moment ago, please share this podcast on social media. Share the link and let everybody know exactly what's happening right now under this administration. I'll see you back here tomorrow. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. 
This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.